and welcome to Kitty Talks, the podcast that shows you how to build a life in alignment with your soul. I'm your host, Kitty Waters, serial entrepreneur and co-creator of the Network for Transformational Leaders. Each week, I interview top thought leaders that are changing the world. They share their life stories on tips on how you can find your purpose. We all have a gift we can bring to the world. Do you feel dead to life? Like there's more to it, but you don't know where to start. Perhaps you don't fit in and you can't understand why. Are you pushing all the time and getting nowhere? Do you long to finally be sure which is the right path for you? This podcast is sponsored by my Do Your Dharma course. This eight-week online course, self-study, shows you how to find your purpose. The course demystifies the subject of Dharma and shows you that by following your highest excitement, you can unlock your greatest potential and create the life of your dreams. Go to www.kittytalks.com forward slash do your Dharma. Without further ado, let's dive into the next episode. just had the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Norman Rosenthal. He's a well-renowned psychiatrist and public speaker. He's written seven books, one of which is Supermind, which is an incredible book all about the benefits of transcendental meditation. So he's essentially a psychiatrist and is now a massive advocate for TM. TM has had a huge influence on my life. It's helped stop a lot of my anxiety. It's given me my concentration back. It has an incredibly calming influence on my life. So I was really excited to be able to get him on the show today. So please enjoy Dr. Norm's interview. So hello and welcome to Kitty Talks. We share inspirational life stories and interview amazing thought leaders from around the globe. And today I have with me an amazing, an amazing guest. I've read two out of seven of his books. He is the renowned psychiatrist and motivational speaker, Dr. Norman Rosenthal. Norm, welcome to Kitty Talks. Well, thank you, Kitty. It's just lovely to be here with you. And this conversation I have been thinking and just being getting excited about the conversation we are going to have Norm because I have to say I love the two books I've read I really really enjoyed and I know that you're a huge advocate aren't you for transcendental meditation and that's one of one of my passions well yes yes guilty as charged I am I am a great supporter of it. I practice TM myself. I have recommended it to my clients and patients and friends. And um, I've been very pleased with what I've seen. And I'm looking forward to sharing that with your guests. And would you mind just telling my audience a little bit more about who you are and what you're doing currently in the world? Yes. Well, I'm formally trained as a psychiatrist. Um, Born and raised in Johannesburg, South Africa, which is where my funny accent comes from. Just a little bit there still. And then I went to New York City and trained as a psychiatrist at Columbia and then uh, came down to the National Institute of Mental Health here in Bethesda, Maryland, which is where I still live. And over there, I researched for a couple of decades with 
the major contribution being uh, identifying seasonal affective disorder and the winter blues Mm. and pioneering the work with light therapy as a treatment for that condition, which I'm glad to say um, has become a very widespread, well-accepted treatment at this point. So um, that was my research background. All along, I had a private practice as well, uh, and I treat and coach uh, people depending on what they need and have always enjoyed being very open-minded about all the kinds of things that can help people. And in the context of that, I came across a young man who was has bipolar disorder that I was treating medically. And he said to me, you know, what is really making me happy 90% of time is not just your medicines, it's this TM. And we began to talk about it and he urged me to get back to it because I had done it many years before and I'd let it slide off my priority list. And he said, you know, you really need to try. And he kept at me. <laughs> and, you know, I've never been one to say, well, it's my patient telling me what to do. It should be the other way around. I just love learning from mm -hmm. anybody who can teach me or anybody who wants to teach me. And the fact that he was motivated to have me learn or relearn, re, re refresh my technique. It really moved me that he cared enough. And so I got back to it and I started finding these really astonishing effects. We can talk more about them in myself. So I started researching the subject. I was at that point, I had innovated my own clinical research organization and I was able to do a study of uh, TM in post-traumatic stress disorder in veterans who were returning from Iraq and Afghanistan. And these young men were devastated by their experiences in the war. And I saw this technique, apparently very gentle, very subtle technique, but very, very powerful. For example, I remember a young man who had gone over a, a IUD IED, excuse me, um, in, the, uh, in the war and had uh, suffered injuries and guilt at the fact that several people had been badly injured. And um, indeed, he was waking up at night. It was a terrible situation, put tremendous stress on his relationship with his girlfriend. Mm. Start to meditate with TM and just turn the whole story around. He stopped using vodka, which he was using to numb his feelings. He started doing better with his girlfriend. Their relationship thrived. He began to be able to focus on his studies at university. And uh, it was a transformation that seemed very, very unusual. And so I began to become aware of its potential in so many different situations. So that's just one of the... Um, alternative treatments that I've been involved in. So I had light therapy, mm. uh, then I went on to TM. I, uh, with a colleague, I have uh, researched the use of Botox for depression, uh, which is uh, an unusual thing. How does that work? <laughs> I wrote a book on the herbal antidepressant St. John's wort. Um, ah. I talked about, I co-wrote a book about the treatment of jet lag with light and dark. So I've actually always enjoyed 
the periphery of things. Yeah. If I look at a picture, I'll always see what's in the corner, not just what's in the center. And so that's where I have developed my niche. And it's beautiful, Norm, because you're bridging a gap, actually. You know, I feel by the work that you've do you're really bridging a huge gap in the sense of school almost like east-west divide you know you're bringing different uh different opinions together and actually showing how things can work together absolutely it's not either or mm. it's it's both and then finally after i'd written my books on tm mm. i came back to the patient who nagged me originally and i said what was it that made you so persistent about mm. my learning to meditate again. And he said, you know, I believe that if you would learn to meditate, you'd be able to help a lot of people through your own knowledge there. Mm. How beautiful. I got goosebumps when you said that all through my body. So yeah, it's, that's lovely to think, isn't it? People come into our lives like that and can change, you know, his influence has influenced a huge number of people. A huge number of people. And that's what I feel very excited about doing, even like in our conversation, that maybe there's somebody out there who hears something that resonates, that makes a difference. And that's, I think, what we're both trying to do in our own ways, is trying to make a difference in the lives of people. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, um, I, I, we chatted a little bit before we came on air, but we thought we'd save the goodies for, for when we were together or talking. But my own background norm is very much one of nervous breakdown and a family history of depression. Um, we've got suicides in our family. And actually, it's been incredibly transformational for me having or utilizing TM. Um, one of the things I found when I was kind of chronically depressed as I was could not concentrate. I couldn't be in a conversation with you where I am now. And TM has enabled me to be incredibly present, which, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I was floating around watching myself in a conversation rather than being fully present. So I think there's huge value. And I hope people listening, if I think so many people nowadays are suffering with depressive episodes, anxiety, and there's something very simple. I've kind of spread the word across my whole family. My, my husband's a meditator, my sister's learning, my mum's learned. <laughs> you know, as you were talking, I just thought, isn't it a great gift to be present? And it's something that can so easily be taken for granted, but it shouldn't be because if you're in pain and if you're distracted it's hard to really be there with somebody else. And just the ability to be present is a great gift. And you've reminded me that's one more thing to be grateful for. Mm. Well, I think when you're anxious, you're almost worrying about things that haven't happened. You're in the future. But when we're depressed, we can quite often be stuck in the past. And I think that's the beautiful gift of being present is when there's nothing wrong in the present. You know, everything is perfect. Yes, I agree. And in, in fact, I did ask people in my latest book, Supermind, I asked them, uh, I interviewed over 600 uh, long-term meditators, and I asked them, Are, is it easier to be present? And they said yes. And the other thing I asked them, I asked them many questions, but another thing that comes to mind, I asked them, do you feel that you are a constant, that you're there despite the day-to-day -day fluctuations that happen in your life, that the essence of who you are is more consistent. 
And they said, yes, they have a more solid sense of being there. Mm. And then finally, I said, do you feel like you're more authentic? You're really more who you actually are in your daily life. And they said, yes. So these are things that bear on our identity, our sense of ourselves, and also our sense of being there in the moment. And these are all important. Mm. Yeah, and having been somebody who who was so removed from that, I think it's such an incredible gift um, because you get your life back, actually. You really do get your life back. So, so it sounds to me like your career evolved beautifully. Obviously, this patient had a huge impact on your work and obviously you became a massive uh, advocate of TM. And I know you do a lot of motivational speaking as well. So I know you're doing a talk um, up in Edinburgh uh, shortly at the end of this month. So um, we've got the dates of the 30th of July up in Edinburgh and it's all around creativity. So can you talk to me a little bit, talk, talk to me a little bit more about TM and creativity? Yes, I think so many of us are trying to access the things in ourselves that are particular, that are unique. What is our unique role? What can we contribute that is specifically a function of who we are, our experiences, our insights, our ideas, our thoughts. How can we not only make a difference, but do it in a way that has our unique stamp on it? Mm. I think that's what creativity really is to me. And creativity can come in many different forms. One can be a creative parent. One can be uh, you know, creative in terms of how you live your life. Or you can be a creative business person or creative entertainment person. Um, you know, I've tried to be a creative psychiatrist and a creative writer. It knows no bounds. Um, so it's very exciting to help people unleash their creativity. And that's something that I have relished and that I enjoy in my daily life. But one way to unleash one's creativity is to learn to meditate with TM because, and we should get into the nuts and bolts of it because basically the word transcendental meditation, mm -hmm. what is transcendental? Transcendental means accessing a state of consciousness that's different from the three ordinary states of consciousness, which are waking, sleeping, and dreaming. Mm -hmm. So what is this fourth state of consciousness? You know, to somebody who hasn't been there, it sounds very ethereal, or as we would say in the States, woo-woo. Um, and, uh, you know, I myself, despite, I'm, I'm a very strange mix of being open-minded and skeptical at the same time. <laughs> so... I do challenge things. I don't kind of accept any strange idea that happens to come my way. I do challenge it, but I'm also open to it because if you aren't open to new ideas, you're going to miss a lot. Mm. So I was open to it, but I'd never experienced it. So let me tell you what it is. It's, it's a state of consciousness where you are awake, where you're alert, but you're very peaceful. And there's not necessarily any content to the consciousness. In other words, um, even though you're conscious and even though you're not asleep and if somebody dropped a pin, you would hear it, mm. you're not thinking about anything in particular. What do I have to do today? Where am I going tonight? 
what time is it, what day is it, where is it, none of that seems to kind of matter as you enter what's been called pure consciousness. Um, the writer Thoreau has spoken about his meditation, written about his meditation experiences as diving into a lake of the purest crystal. It's clear. It's crystal. There's nothing there. There's nothing blocking the light. And that's the state of transcendence. So you dip into that every time you meditate. Your breathing slows down. Physically, you become very calm and comfortable. And at the same time, you are able to access this, the wellsprings of creativity. It's so common to realize that people develop their creative ideas when you expect it, when you're most relaxed, when you're in the shower with that hot water hitting the back of your neck or walking along thinking about nothing uh, or brushing your teeth, an idea will come to you because somehow you've kind of just let go. You're not attaching yourself to any specific line of thinking. And that's when your most brilliant, unusual, innovative ideas pop into your head. Or you might be um, grappling with some kind of problem. It could be a simple one in your daily life, or it could be a mathematical problem. It could be simple, it could be complex, but somehow pieces don't come together. And then there you are in the shower, there you are in your TM, there you are walking, hiking in the mountain, and bang, there it comes. Mm, wonderful. Yeah, I have to say that my experience of transcendent, I feel like I'm melting in a in a beautiful way into the third dimension. Like I feel like I am one when I transcend. And it is the most beautiful place. Like you said, there's nothing. It's just a wonderful place to be. And I would totally concur with what you're saying about ideas. It's almost they drop in when you least expect them. And would you say, where do they come from in your opinion? You know, they come from deep-seated parts of the brain. There is a deep-seated neural network called the default mode network. And what happens is that when you're not actually thinking of anything in particular, uh, that's when this network comes online. Excuse me. The sneeze that eludes you. Um, in any event, um, there's this default mode network that comes online when you're not thinking of anything in particular. And my suspicion is this network that is important in evolving creative ideas. And I think that's what's so special about TM because in other kinds of meditation, where you're encouraged to focus on something, be it the breathing, be it an image. Mm. When you're encouraged to focus on something, that default mode network closes down and there's another network that lights up. And so I think that's probably part of the explanation that there are these circuits that are going even when you're not actively attending to stuff. And uh, that's probably one of the wellsprings of creativity. Uh, but I did want to mention that what we're collecting together in Edinburgh are 
some very creative people who, you know, like yourself, have found meditation TM particularly to be you know, extremely useful in their creativity. So uh, we have uh, John Perkis, who's uh, written Brand You and other books. He is uh, in the sphere of business and headhunting, who has found the TM to be very, very helpful. Um, we're having other folks, a uh, uh, sort of very um, my list of yes, somewhere. We're a, a veterinarian who is very, very solid. Um, TMer, Kashia Down and Reed, and um, you're having Tom Pringle, who calls himself a performance scientist, who's taught science to all kinds of audiences in a very innovative way. Um, and myself will all be there and talk just about our particular angle on creativity and how TM has fostered that angle. And we obviously will be very interested to hear from the audience about their own experiences. So anybody who is interested in becoming more creative, learning more about TM, uh, is welcome to come and take part in that conversation. And we will have all of the details of the event in the show notes. If you guys are in Edinburgh or living in the UK and you can get to Edinburgh, then we will put all the details in the show notes. But yeah, Dr. Norm will be talking about TM and creativity. And I suppose the most amazing thing about TM, would you agree, Dr. Norm, is it really can help you, it can help every individual, I suppose, maximize their potential. Um, and I loved what you said about how we're all looking for our unique way of doing that uh, and I that's very much I suppose in my my passion because I truly believe we all have a gift actually that we can bring to the world and that, that's part of our reason for being here is to uncover that and and to then use it in service to others so I just think what you're doing is great <laughs> I, I think that's a lovely thought because we are all unique every brain is different and everybody's life experience is different so to be able to recognize the gifts in others and foster them and sort of encourage them, that's part of my mission. And I think in your own way that you're doing the same thing with your work. Mm. Yes, absolutely. And I think all of our listeners, you know, they tune in because they're, you know, they realize that they've got in some way, shape or form, we've all got a way we can help this planet be a bit a better place, actually. Um so could you tell me a little bit more about your own journey with the TM? Because you said initially it's kind of evolved how the benefits that you have found yourself. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Well, yes, I, I did it long ago in South Africa, but I didn't take it seriously. So what I would say is if you want to really get the most out of your TM, then take it seriously. Um, what I mean by that is, you know, it's like joining a gym is not going to make you fit if you don't use the gym. Um, and I think we, there's a common experience. You pay your gym membership and you think, well, I'm already halfway there. <laughs> but you actually have to go. Now, the nice thing about TM is you have to go no further than your living room or your bedroom or wherever because you can do it anywhere that's the great thing you don't have to get dressed up for it you don't have to leave the house it's right there wherever you are and uh, i just did it um 
uh, I went with the, my grandchildren to the mall here the other day, and I hadn't done my meditation. And I sat down on a comfortable chair in the middle of a busy wow. suburban mall and did my meditation because, you know, once you're used to it, you can go right into it. It's so strange. Um, I remember I did it on a bus in uh, Peru going from Lima to the countryside and there were cars honking all around and petrol fumes. And the person sitting next to me said, how can you meditate, uh, you know, in this kind of environment? And I said, well, you know, those noises, they actually have nothing to do with me. They're not salient. It's not like a mother listening to her child crying in the next room, her infant crying, um, who has to attend to it. I don't have to attend to these things. They're irrelevant to me. And I dipped into the transcendence. Now, I don't say go and seek out noisy places. I'm just saying do it there if you have to. But I have my own quiet spot. Where do you meditate, if I may ask, Kitty? Um, on my bed. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so I have to say that was one of the things that really attracted me to TM was how accessible it is because my husband's very dedicated. He gets up at 5.30 every morning, goes and sits on a pillow, cross-legged and meditates, but different uh, Vipassana, more meditation. And I tried lots of different types of meditation and I just didn't get on with them. And, and, and actually I found them, I just couldn't get there. Um, and TM, because it was so easy, I could I can wake up and I can sit up in bed and do my meditation. And it's very, it fits into my life, I think is what I love about it. Well, those are a couple of things that I have found really uh, hallmarks of, of TM. Firstly, it's easy. Mm. And uh, secondly, it fits into my life. And it fits into the lives of my patients. And I saw somebody yesterday and she told me, well, she's been meditating now for five years at my suggestion. And um, she says, I never miss. I wouldn't want to, you know. And, um, you know, it's just nice that it's that easy. You know, in our culture, there's the idea of no pain, no gain. You know, mm. you, don't, you don't really get anything unless it's really difficult and you put in a lot of effort and it's quite painful and arduous. That's actually not true because here I've gotten a lot of gain with no pain. So they don't always go together. But you did ask me how it evolved. So I started off and I was skeptical. And yeah, it was pleasant, the time sitting there uh, thinking my mantra. But then I started to notice something strange happening. For example, let's say in the past, a colleague had sort of spoken to me gruffly or given me a funny look at the end of the day. You know, I might have gone home and thought, no, you know, what was he meaning by that? Why did he say that? Why did he use that tone? Why did he have that expression? And it might worry me enough to give him a call and ask him what was going on and confront him and create a little drama that we would both resolve, uh, but that in retrospect was totally unnecessary because as I started to meditate, I would think, you know, I don't know why he was looking like that, you know, probably got nothing to do with me. And, 
you know, if the thing persists, I'll address it, but there's absolutely no need for me to do it now. And it would just kind of dissolve away. And what you find is that within 24 hours, most of the things that worry you go away because they're not important. They're worries of the moment. And they speak more to your anxious state than they do to the nature of the world around you. And then if they persist, you can deal with them. But it's having the confidence to know that you're going to be okay, that you're not going to be anxious to the extent that you'll be in pain, and that if the thing persists, you'll deal with it. Mm. You don't have to do it now. It's just that knowledge. Some people may have it just as a basis of their biology or their past. But for me, it was novel to be able to shift gears in this way. And so I realized that reactivity decreases, anxiety decreases, everything becomes easier, and you become more effective. Now, I was also reading the amazing uh, research, very solid research, to show that it reduces blood pressure, TM, uh, that it is good for cardiac and cerebral function because, you know, high blood pressure causes the arteries to become damaged. And the arteries, of course, are what carry blood to every tissue in our body, mm. our heart, our brains, everywhere. So if the blood pressure drops, then the, the damage to the arteries decreases and it just decreases the incidence of heart attack or stroke and increases your longevity. So just looking at those facts, I thought even if this were really unpleasant, like say taking castor oil twice a day, I would do it if this is the benefit I would get in terms of longer life and healthier life. But actually it's so pleasant. And there again, you know, you don't have to suffer pain to get gain. And so that was the first phase, and that's what led to my writing that first book, uh, Transcendence, um, where I thought I had said everything I had to say about TM, but I was, I was actually wrong. <laughs> and then that led to Supermind. Yes, yes, progressively. Mm, and that's to have been amazing. Uh, what happened then was... Um, interviewing. Sorry? I was going to say, it must have been amazing interviewing so many people, like 600 people to research the book well i i sent out a written interview and then i selectively you know zoned in on a few whose stories were rather remarkable and i was fortunate enough to actually be able to talk to some very amazing people um i think i could just as i sort of look over my mind i could just pull them out there's so many but i Megan Fairchild, she's a prima ballerina in the New York City Ballet, was having fainting episodes that were basically jeopardizing her career as a ballerina because you can't be fainting if you're on the stage. And the ballet company doesn't want the liability of having an injured ballerina, let alone what it would do to the show. And the doctors were not able to really help her and then someone recommended that she start TM. And the fainting episode stopped in their tracks. They just stopped. And she meditates to this day. And uh, so it helps your body and mind work better together. And that comes 
in time. Then it helps your memory. The luminous actress Cameron Diaz talks about a time when she was being uh, filmed in the Los Angeles Zoo on a very hot day, and she couldn't remember her lines. She said, listen, I just need to go and take 20 minutes to meditate in my trailer, and I'll be back. She came back, nailed the scene right off the bat. <laughs> so it helps your memory, helps your cognitive functioning. And on and on and on, it makes people happier. And these are things that happen over time. And yes, it makes people more creative. Mm. And uh, I've seen it. You know, I would be writing uh, Supermind. It might be the middle of the afternoon. You know, that kind of siesta time. And I, not another word would come out of my fingers. I wouldn't be able to get another word on the on the computer. It would just, it was like William Styron, the novelist, used to say, you know, the syrup was there, but it wouldn't pour. <laughs> and I would meditate for 20 minutes, and all of a sudden, I counted it a thousand words, just released by letting go and by accessing the transcendence. Because every time you go into the transcendence, it's like you give yourself a gift. You say to yourself, you know, I'm not just a, a machine that's here to produce. I'm a human being, and there's a part of myself that I need to access to feel at peace, to feel enriched, to feel. Marishi, who brought the TM to the West, used to say, water the root and enjoy the fruit. Mm, oh, that's wonderful. And you, you've mentioned a couple of times about the concept of letting go, because I, I, again, I think we can hold on to things in all sh shape and form, all manner. Um, but when we let go, that's when the ideas come, the money comes, all sorts of things can come. So I'd love to sort of get ask you to expand a little bit more on that. Yes, I think there are various ways of, of letting go. And in fact, uh, my friend John Perkis the new book is called Letting Go mm. because it's such a key principle. And it can happen when you are uh, meditating, but it can also happen, you know, when you are like a dog with a bone in terms of trying to grapple with a problem. It's an example of, of you know, the dog is grappling with the bone and it tries to get the meat out of the bone and it's struggling to get whatever it is that it's trying to get. That's sometimes how it feels when we're grappling with a problem and the thing won't yield. And that's the time to step back. That's the time to put the problem down, maybe go for a walk, maybe go for a vacation, maybe have a nap, mm -hmm. or maybe do your TM. Mm. And of all the things that I've found, the TM is the most reliable way to quickly right there where you are. You don't have to go buy air tickets to go to wonderful Caribbean places or wherever it is you want to go. Um, you're, it's right there. You sit down on your bed, on your pillows, wherever you sit, access your mantra, and you're off on your magic carpet, and you can find answers that would otherwise have eluded you. Mm, wonderful. Wonderful. Oh, Dr. Norm, I want to thank you so much for coming on Kitty Talks and sharing your journey with us. And I know a lot of people listening to this conversation, if, you, if you're listening and you're intrigued, please go and read more about TM. It will have an incredibly, incredibly transformational impact on your life. But where can people find out more about you, Norm? 
You know, my website is normanrosenthal.com. Very simple. Uh, I'm also on Facebook and people can find me there. And uh, if you want to say hello in person, I'll be in Edinburgh on the 30th of the end of this month, July, and uh, it's a Monday evening at Edinburgh Napier. Would love to say hello to people, um, talk directly and uh, on places like this. And so I really thank you for having me on as a guest. Oh, my pleasure. The pleasure has been all mine. We will have all Dr. Norm's details, his website. Obviously, we talked about the event. We'll have everything in the show notes. And um, we will have another fantastic transformational global thought leader for you next week. Thanks very much. See you again. Bye bye. So I hope you enjoyed that interview with Dr. Norm. He's lovely. What lovely, lovely, lovely energy just comes across so, so well. And I love the work he's doing in the world. If you haven't necessarily found your work and you don't quite know why you're here, then join us at the end of August. We are going again. The Do Your Dharma course is launching. We help you find and follow your purpose. Each of us has a gift that we can bring to the world and the Do Your Dharma course will help you uncover that. So join us end of August. Go to kittytalks.com forward slash do your dharma. This podcast was sponsored by my Do Your Dharma course. Create a life so good that you pinch yourself. This eight-week online course demystifies Dharma and shows you how to tune in to why you're really here. Go to www.kittytalks.com forward slash do your Dharma.